the people in our life, we often have the most ingrained, learned and conditioned ways of interacting with where they are patterns of behaviours that are driven by emotions such as the fear of rejection or defensiveness with regards to judgment and control and vulnerability and neediness is with our parents. And it's been a significant area for me throughout my life with regards to the over-responsibility I took on board, I chose to, at a young age, in terms of my mother and her emotional and physical well-being. And I have very consciously, in the last few months, taken time to be very aware of different elements of our interaction and our relationship, which I know are preventing us from having a relationship that is deeper, that is more whole, that is more fulfilling than what we've had. And mum and I have a reasonably good relationship as it is. This was about me recognizing where I had limiting aspects of myself that were patterns of conditioning that I wanted to change so I could get closer to my mum. And that's what this episode's about. It's one of my emergent processing episodes. I'm Melinda Cates and welcome to the I Make a Difference podcast. The I Make a Difference podcast, an adventure of exploration of your human self, the conditioned and unhealed parts of you, and your true self, the natural, real and powerful you, a pathway where you unravel, heal and uncover on your journey back to you. Now, you're probably wondering, what is emergent processing? Well, it's where I share with you elements of my journey and processing and the shifts, the changes, the new experiences I've had, the insights I've gained, the discoveries I've made as a result of my unwavering commitment to discovering and being me, the true me. And the steps that I take for these experiences to unfold in the way that they do. And to share with you insights that I've gained, approaches I've taken, that may have some relevance for you. And in this episode, it's, as I said, it's about me letting go further layers of holding responsibility for people in my life and as I said specifically my mother and actually the magic that unfolds as a result of doing so. With the fear and vulnerability around my mother that has been driving my need to take responsibility for my mum, well it's actually been preventing me from experiencing more depth in my connection and happiness in my relationship with her and I'll share with you the different focuses of my over-responsibility and in how the process of letting go of my responsibility for others and specifically areas of my mother that I've been holding, I actually have been creating the space for magical processes to unfold in my day-to-day life. So where do I begin to give you some context around this? And that is if you haven't listened to previous episodes where I've shared a little bit around my over-responsibility in terms of my mother. Just to clarify before I do give you the context, over-responsibility is where 
at a young age, we choose to take on board adult type behaviors and responsibilities well ahead of the time that we should do, where we take on board responsibilities that are not actually ours. So we believe we need to save and rescue and solve people's problems for them and to sort things out for them, to save them from the hurt and the pain that they may experience in life. These responsibilities, well, if we don't fulfill them according to our expectations and beliefs, then we'll feel guilty and we'll feel responsible for whatever the person experiences. Yet we are not actually responsible for adults as children. And even as adults, we're not responsible for other people unless we have consciously made an agreement to be so or to take on board responsibilities where both parties have agreed to that. Then it's a conscious process. And the only other time you're responsible for how someone is feeling and what's happening for them is if you have consciously gone out to do something to hurt them, to impact them, to do something that would be detrimental towards them or for them. Then you are responsible for what they experience or rather you have a level of responsibility in what they're experiencing. So to give you context with regards to my over-responsibility with my mum, well, since approximately 10 years old, I chose to take and hold responsibility for my mother. Initially, in the earlier days, it was for her physical safety, where I was protecting her physically from my father. I know 10-year-olds aren't meant to be doing that, but it was just what kicked in in me and that I started acting on. Over time, as I moved into my latter 20s, I then became more responsible for her emotional well-being and for her happiness. It expanded even more in my 30s where I started taking and holding a level of responsibility for her future and what was going to happen for her and where she'd be living and how she would be and ensuring that if anything happened to her, she would have a home. This was expressed in some of the decisions I made around purchasing a property. It was not only me purchasing the property for my future. I clearly remember saying that if anything happened to mum, well, she could live there. I hear those words now and I can see how I put her needs ahead of my own. And it was because I knew I was strong, I was tough, I would be okay and I could handle whatever happened. But I obviously at some level believe my mother couldn't. The truth? Yes, I was at one level back then. I was tough and I was strong and I would be okay. And I have been okay. But on an emotional level back then, I certainly was not tough. I was not strong and I was not okay. I purchased a property, not just for me, but also for my mum. I reflect on my decision and maybe I actually knew what I was to do. So my knowing, the voice of my soul, knew what was going to happen. Just my conscious human self didn't quite know what was going to happen. And one thing I have always valued enormously and respect so much and I love so much is the guidance my knowing has given me over the years and that it continues to give me. I also value that I've listened to it. Yet I know there were still elements of my over-responsibility that was wrapped up in my decision-making back then. Because that is exactly what happened. About five years ago, due to circumstances, 
She needed somewhere to have a home, a home that was hers, a home where she felt safe and secure. And that home ended up being on the property I purchased all those years ago. It has taken me years of mindfulness, years of facing myself, years of giving myself permission not to feel guilt with regards to my mother and also releasing and overcoming any guilt that I did feel. It's taken years of stopping myself, pulling myself up and going, hey, this is not my responsibility. This is not for me to actually rescue mum. It's taken years for me to unravel what and how I conditioned myself and believing I was responsible for my mum and what I believe I needed to hold and do for my mum. And that was holding her responsibilities and doing things for her that were actually her responsibilities. The insane thing is about over-responsibility and wanting to protect and save my mum in this situation. My mum never actually verbally asked me to do so. She never asked me to do any of what I did. She also never stopped me from doing what I did either. She was not meant to because it was learnings for both of us on our human journey. You see, mum became conditioned to receive my support my strengths and protection, especially during the time she was vulnerable and I was the only person that she's turned to and trusted at those really vulnerable times because she knew she could rely on me. Let me clarify though, my mum has never taken any of that for granted. I recognise that my need, and yes it was and has been and possibly still is, because I've probably still got some elements of over-responsibility, it was a need to take responsibility for and hold responsibility for my mum. And that came from my need to be of worth to her, to be of value and to be important to her. She's the only family member who was ever really interested in me. She's really been the only family member that has taken time with me or connected with me. There's a little bit from my auntie and in recent times with my cousin. So I made my mum responsible for my emotional well-being in terms of me feeling like I belonged and that someone cared about me. So in me doing things for her, it made me feel I had some level of importance and value to someone in my family. Isn't it amazing how complex our interactions and our behaviours are and what drives them and how intertwined it all is. So that's why I say this conditioning requires unraveling. And it's actually sad what we do in our families and in our relationships. You see, I was scared that if mum did not love and value me, then I had no one and no one would love and value me. My emotional healing in the process of letting go the responsibility for my mum and all the areas I was holding on to has involved multiple layers of complexity. It's involved working through my guilt, my lack of self-worth, my own importance and value, rejection, and my favorite, my neediness. It's taken strength of commitment to myself and trust in myself to release my feelings of duty and obligation. I felt to be the parent to my mum. I even started out doing so with my fingers crossed, 
hoping that she would be okay and would not experience pain or hurt if I did let go my responsibility for her. I was acting on what I knew I was to do, but fighting what my emotions and heads were saying, which was protect her. My knowing and my want to heal me was stronger though. And I wanted to consciously experience being a daughter to my mum while she's alive, not being a parent to my mum for the rest of my life. And there's a big difference there. My mum has treated me as her daughter in my younger years and during my life. But have I actually allowed myself to experience being her daughter? And that's an interesting one I'm no doubt yet to explore. And probably another emergent processing episode. I also wanted to release the responsibility hold I've had with my mum so my mum could grow and be in her independence without me and my process getting involved in it. I also wanted to and knew her and I deserve to have different experiences with each other whilst we have the time together and changing these patterns was an opportunity for those new and different experiences to occur and that is what's been happening. What those experiences would be when I was consciously setting out with this, I was not sure, as I have not had them. I just knew there were new ones to have in our interactions. It was a matter of me opening up to and recognising where there were opportunities for this. And in recent months, I identified one. Mum, Alan, my partner and I were playing cards one weekend. It's a regular thing we do together. And here's my neediness. Yes, and I'll own it. Guess who generally wins? Yes, me. Not all the time, but I am ahead and Alan crept up a little bit over the holidays. The other two, well, they're generally so focused on each other's game and beating each other or having fun digs at each other that I'm sure they actually forget I'm there sometimes. So with the focus not on me, I come along and win. And when they remember I'm there, lots of love. Yes, I get the, oh, not again. Well, this particular game... I watched and became aware of my mum starting to be silly and joking around, which is awesome. But it was all directed at Alan. In fact, she wasn't even looking at me. She was only looking at Alan and he was responding in kind. I could feel myself actually. It was like my energy moved right back and was standing up and was outside of all of this interaction, looking and watching it. It was like I did not exist and was not there. Maybe I wasn't. This brought back feelings and pictures in my mind of interactions throughout my life where my mum would laugh and joke and have fun with others, but not with me. And in that moment, I saw how mum and I do not have fun together. We do not laugh together. And I had additional clarity as to why. Mum has shared with me previously that with how I've been reactionary in the past, she's been scared to say something that may be wrong, that she may trigger a reaction in me. Well, this is old conditioning from our interactions. This conditioning has influenced her ability to see how things are different, to see and hear where I've come to and the changes in how I am now. But it's also a sign of an area of growth for mum and her moving beyond what she has held on to. She's been close with me in terms of support and practical help, but has tended not to get close to me emotionally and energy-wise, except when she was vulnerable physically. She has said previously 
that getting close to me means she has to get close to herself. So that said it all. Yes, I have been reactionary and very sensitive to rejection over my life due to the feeling of being rejected by my family, something I've worked mindfully and diligently with to heal and change my reactions. In that moment, with the interaction between Mum and Alan when we were playing cards, I realised how serious I was. In fact, I not just realised it, I could feel it, I could hear it and I saw it. It was so tangible. I also identified that my over-responsibility of my mum and how seriously I've taken it have resulted in me being serious, practical and a problem solver around her. How could I joke around and have fun with her if I hold responsibility for her as it is a serious burden to shoulder? And that's exactly how you feel when you're over-responsible. A serious burden that you shoulder. Oh my gosh, there was no room for fun and jokes in our relationship from either of us. I realised I'd denied myself fun with my mum during my life. After this realisation and a few other things that happened, further opportunities for me to release my over-responsibility of mum occurred. And I took action on them. And one of the areas was every time I go to town, which is a couple of hours away, or Alan and I go to town, we ask mum if she wants to come with us. It's not just over-responsibility that drives this, as we love spending time with mum. But it was part of my initial focus, ensuring that I included her and supported her. I had an opportunity to change this pattern. I had a trip planned to go to the nearest city. That, as I said, is a couple of hours away. And I made a conscious choice not to ask my mum. And this was for the purpose of me changing the pattern and freeing myself of the need and the obligation that I should ask her. And this was so that in the future I had choices. That is, if it felt right to ask her, I would. And if it did not feel right to ask her, I wasn't compelled to do so. This helped me to find a balance it helped me to actually come back to more of a neutral, non-emotional place around asking my mum to come and journey with me. Especially not asking her and not feeling guilt about it. And I didn't feel guilt. I felt no emotional drive that I should ask her, which was quite significant and quite interesting. In fact, the whole process then went right out of my mind as I let it go. My mum heard that I was going to the city and she asked me if she could come. Haha, <laughs> the pattern changed in two days flat. Mum now held the responsibility for her asking and her making a conscious choice to actually come towards me and involve herself in a journey I was going on. And I was not holding responsibility for it at all anymore. Maybe people may not recognize these types of processes happening in their life, but I'm very conscious of them. And I see all of the subtle, significant and all of the other types of opportunities that we have to do things differently for our growth. And I acknowledge them all as each step is important in my growth. So I said to my mum, awesome, absolutely come with me. 
a side note, just something to give you more context here. My mum is waiting for a hip replacement and is in a lot of pain and cannot walk very well at the moment. She also has arthritis that's very impacting on her elbows and hands and she at the time had a pinched nerve in her elbow. She's also has not been very trusting of people with her body and then working on it due to the condition she has. And this is just some background knowledge for the rest of my sharing that's coming up. After I said yes to mum coming with me, she asked me for the number of the osteopath I'd visited in the city a few weeks beforehand. This was different. My mum actually wanting to go and see someone and get them to work on her body. She rang them, and this is two days, very short notice of trying to get into an osteopath, to see if she could get in with him, and she couldn't. But she could see their physio instead. She came off the phone and she was toing and froing, and it was whether she should go to the physio or not because it wasn't the osteo I'd been to. My response to her, the physio is exactly who you're meant to see because this is the person that's available for you and if he wasn't meant to be, then it would have been someone else or no one. And your poor body, that pinched nerve in your elbow, needs help. So trust the process, mum. Well, two days later, we set off on our journey, which became an adventure. As we were travelling, I reflected back on the fun she'd had with Alan during cards. And then I reflected on whether I've had fun with mum. And what came to mind were happy times. Times filled with curiosity and exploration and happiness and freedom and laughs. And I asked mum what were some of the happy times she had with her mother, my nana. Her reply was that she'd had shared times with her mum. Experiences that they'd shared together rather than happy times. And this was a really interesting distinction from my mum. And really interesting because... I had happy times with my nana, her mum. I then shared with mum the happy times I remembered with her. Like taking my brother and I for walks on the rocks, looking at crabs and starfish and sea anemones. You know the ones you gently, and yes, very gently and respectfully put your finger in and they close around your fingers. They always fascinated me. How she would get rolls of butcher's paper and when we'd been to the movies with friends, she would give us paints and crayons and pastels to draw our favourite scene from the movie on the paper. We had an old shed out the back of our place because we lived on a farm initially. And she divided the walls of our old shed into sections and invited friends of my brother and mine around. And we all got to paint a section each based on what we wanted on the wall. Mum would take us mushroom picking and people's properties. I don't think she actually knew the people, but in those days, I don't think there were too many issues around trespassing. <laughs> she would walk down the street when we were younger, doing bizarre things to embarrass my brother and I. And an example of this was she turned up to my brother's boarding school to pick him up from weekly boarding one day and sat in the car with her dog on her lap, calling out, Johnny darling, Johnny darling. She was and can be so naughty and my brother was so embarrassed. Then the times I had in Australia with my mum where she worked with me in delivering the I Make a Difference course with our first Alice Springs group of Aboriginal Australians and what a beautiful experience and memory to share with my mother 
And I remember a couple of the ladies in the group saying to her, Wendy, you talk too much. I remember my mum turning up to stay with us in Perth and she was wheeled through arrivals in a wheelchair because she had issues with her ankle, I think it was at the time. And she wanted to also go for a ride in a wheelchair. And she had a chicken hat on, one that she had gone out and bought. And it was pretty amazing. She is awesome. She wanted to surprise people at the airport because my mum does like a bit of the shock factor. But the funny thing was that her plane was delayed and it arrived at midnight and there was virtually no one in the airport except for me. Then there was the travelling for miles and miles in Australia where we were talking and exploring. And a special birthday for my mum where Alan and I took her and her husband at the time to a really beautiful place to stay and the joy we hadn't experienced where one of my favourite photos of my mum and I was taken. Then my mum finally getting to experience having her own home that is hers, that is safe. Yes, on that property that I purchased many years ago. So much of my life has been focused on the pain, the hurt, what is not right, the rejection, what I missed out on, the lack of. And what was beautiful about the conversation in the car this day was that I was taking time with my mum to remember the happy times and to value them. And that was such a change in our way of interacting. Well, that was some of the beginning of our journey, our adventure. Mum and I got to the city, we did some shopping and then decided to go and get lunch. Mum suggested a place she'd been to a few years beforehand with a friend of hers, so we headed there. She'd mentioned it to me previously, so I sort of had an idea of where it was. We managed to get a car park very close to it, so Mum did not have to walk too far. And bonus, it was opposite the whole food shop she wanted to get some products from. Oh my gosh, the cafe had something I'd only mentioned to Mum a couple of days prior, that I had been wanting to eat something that I actually had not had for a while. And you know when you actually can taste it in your mouth and you just want to eat that food and your gustatory process is salivating over it and going over time. It's the little bread baskets that are fish savoury pies. But they're not really a pie because they're open and they're not closed. So they're more like a quiche and this was not in bread. It was actually in phyllo pastry, but it was close enough. And mum was, oh my gosh, a cheese chive and ham scone, just what she wanted. We sat down to eat the food and the scone had too much baking soda in it and was dry. The coffee was bitter and awful. And they microwaved the fish, whatever it was, bread basket that was actually phyllo. And you can imagine microwaving phyllo, well, it went soggy. When I got it and took that first bite and bite into the sogginess, well, I actually went and asked for a replacement one to be heated in the oven, expecting that with great customer service they would replace it because it would be dead, having been cooked essentially three times, especially after it had gone into an oven. But no, they put my fish, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> that actually had a bite in it, in the oven. Oh, and I forgot to mention, they'd put a dollop of tomato sauce on the side of the plate to go with this. So it was such gag. And what the? Who puts tomato sauce with fish 
bread basket that's actually phyllo. They brought it back and I was, okay, let's eat this because I was still salivating a bit and hoping that it was still going to be what I was wanting. When I went to eat the fish pie phyllo something, I discovered a hard-boiled egg that was taking up most of the space. So there was very little fish in it. Mum and I started laughing and we laughed and we laughed about how we had specifically driven out of the city to this particular area, which is about 15 minutes away from the city centre, to have lunch at this amazing cafe she'd been to and how we were both so looking forward to having the food we ordered and hanging out for a coffee and what a disaster it was. Even the employees looked miserable. In the past, my mother and I, in our over-responsibility, truth-speaking, fairness and justice ways, would have got up and asked for a refund, given them feedback and left. My mum has always been comfortable doing that. I follow in my mum's footprints and the example she set for me. And please know that she does it respectfully but clearly. But we didn't do this this time. We changed another pattern. Instead, we laughed at what a botch-up lunch was. She even talked about ringing a friend, the one she went to the cafe that we were meant to have gone to, and telling her about this new amazing cafe she'd found that she must visit. Of course she would not do that. But this was the fun, naughty mum that I'd seen with others that I was now getting to experience. Another pattern changing. After leaving, mum wanted to walk across the road to the whole food shop my over-responsibility, of course, kicked in and said, no, the road's too busy and you're struggling to walk and what I'll do is I'll drive up the road, turn around and we'll get a car park outside of the shop. So as we drove up the road to turn around, mum goes, oh my gosh, there's the cafe she'd been to previously. Mum and I had gone to the wrong cafe. Oh, let's just add to this adventure. What a giggle. Isn't it amazing how you can gripe and be upset about experiences you have at times and not see the reason for the experience, which actually wasn't about the cafe or the food. It was about mum and I having a laugh, about mum and I changing patterns. But it was also to prompt her about going to the whole food store because there is more to the story that's to come. We may not have had the best lunch, but hey, we had a good time. We laughed and laughed that we had stuffed that up and the cafe had obliged in doing so as well. As we came back down the road after turning around, we were going to stop at the Whole Foods store so mum could get what she wanted. But there were no parks and mum said, let it go, it's fine, I can get what I need another day. Oh, I'd step back into my over-responsibility mode again and was, no, no, I'll go around the corner and I can go in for you and get what you need. Mum said she wanted to go into the store herself. Well, there were no car parks around the corner. And then I heard her again. It's okay, I can get it another day. So instead of me pushing and imposing my over-responsible process on my mother and being determined to get what she wanted, that is, what she wanted from the Whole Foods store, I said okay and I let it go and we drove off. She also wanted to go to the disability store to see if they had something she wanted. I knew where it was which was back in the city so we headed back into the centre and I wove through the streets which are a bit of a maze heading to the street that I knew the disability store was on only to discover that in the period of time that I've been away and haven't driven down that road they actually have blocked that end of the street off. So I had to go on a different route to get there. 
as we took this different route, we came around the corner from the road that had detoured us. And oh my gosh, I saw another whole food store. The same one we'd gone to go and visit. They also had one now in the centre of the city. Mum and I had never seen it before, never noticed it before. And yet we'd driven up and down that road so many times. So I did a sudden stop and a detour into, yes, they had their own car parking area right in front of the store. And there were plenty of free car parks. Wahoo! I love how these things unfold. I had taken the route I did for one purpose, which was to go to the disability store. And got sent on another route for more than one purpose, for two purposes. And that was to discover the Whole Foods store. And this is what I love when you're aware and open and accepting and you work with the process you're going through. I just love how these processes unfold. It's always fascinating and magical. As I said, the second purpose, neither of us were aware of. And that was, as I said, to discover the Whole Foods store so mum could get her products. But that was not the only reason. There was yet another unknown reason for this whole adventure. There was another reason I was to step into that Whole Foods store and not the other one. We essentially were right outside the door of the store, so Mum did not have to walk too far, thank goodness. She was able to get what she wanted, you'll laugh, a $2.50 bag of almond flour because she wanted to make some type of brandy snap biscuits, I believe, which she still hasn't done. Well, the lovely lady who served us said to her mum and I, you two have such beautiful blue eyes. I was a little taken back as this is not something I experience or often have said to me. I said, thank you. I'm used to people saying that about my mum, but not me. And how interesting it was, because that was the second time that week I'd had the feedback about my eyes. We talked a little and the lady serving us asked me if I was spiritual. And I just smiled. It's something a lot of people do not really see in me. And I don't share I'm spiritual because I see it as a natural part of all of us, not as something that's separate from who I am or something that is unique to who I am. We talked a bit more, but we now had a customer behind us who was waiting. So time to go. And the lady who was serving us said to me, can you please wait for a moment? There's something I want to talk to you about. Hmm, this is interesting, I thought. Time was creeping up a bit for us. And that mum's appointment with the physio was not too far away. But I said yes to the lady and asked mum if she wanted to wait with me, to which she said yes. Well, when the woman asked me to wait, she only had that one customer that was behind us. Mum and I ended up standing there for 10 minutes as one customer after another after another kept coming up to the counter. It was insane as there was only mum, myself and two other people in the shop when the lady asked me to wait. Then this happened. It got to the point that I said to the lady, I'm really sorry, but I have to get mum to an appointment. She also had to pop into the disability store on the way because... Remember, that's where we were actually heading. The lady said to a customer, the one she was serving after I'd given her this feedback, excuse me and can you give me one moment? The customer said yes. She came out from behind the counter, came up to me and quietly said to me, I'm a clairvoyant. I do not charge for it, but I have to tell you something. What she shared with me was important for me to hear. It was something that reassured me over something I've been doubting 
that had been floating in the back of my mind for the last couple of days. She said, I have more to share and I know I will see you again. I gave her a big hug, thanked her, and I also had got some information for her to hear too. Who would have thought this sequence of events, detours, yucky lunches, etc., was leading mum to get her almond flour and me to get my message? Mum and I then went to the disability store and we laughed and had fun. And please note, not at the expense of anyone, not at the expense of disabilities, but it was about the colour of which lazy boy she would love to have. And I was trying them out because generally lazy boys, in my opinion and mum's opinion, um, they don't look that great. But there was this really funky one that came in different colours. And as I was trying it out, I kept knocking signs over. Not intentionally, but it was me being unaware and caught up in my silliness and my neediness. But I was having fun with my mum. And that was such a beautiful experience. Then off to her appointment we went. Oh my gosh, you would not believe it. I got her there on time, but I went to the wrong place. I took her to where I'd gone when I went to the osteo, not their main office, which was where the physio was, that was 10 minutes away. I rang the people and they said, if you come here right now, we can still take you. Awesome. My mum was finally going to get some help for her pain and her elbow. Something I've encouraged her to do for a couple of years now, but she's just kept saying to me, nothing can be done about it, Melinda. And I kept saying, but how do you know and have you asked? Yep, me holding responsibility again. So mum had taken responsibility for her pain and seeking help. What a shift again. It took her getting a pinched nerve in her elbow and us going to the city for her to take responsibility and act on having her elbow looked at. What we do to ourselves, we take ourselves to the edge at times to learn our lessons and we don't have to. As I dropped mum off and supported her walking up the ramp, as I hate seeing her in the pain she is in with her hip, bring on that operation sooner than later. Well, there was a woman sitting at the door and she said to us, look at you two beautiful ladies. My mum is stunning for her age and she always looks beautiful in what she wears and she's really funky and lots of people have said that to her and about her. I was in my standard uniform, clothing I tend to wear a lot and certainly not feeling beautiful. Yep, an area I still have some work to do on unravelling how I hear, receive and see this type of feedback and how I see myself. Mum went straight into the physio and I went off to do the grocery shopping. I know this seems a bit mundane, but there's more to the story that's going to unfold. Grocery shopping is what we'll switch to now. Alan and I have eight cats. They love turning up at our doorstep. And in fact, this morning I've now put a cage up the hill at the local lookout because there's more kittens there. And no, not for us to get them, but for us to catch them. And there's a lady who wants them. So we'll get them neutered and find them a home. And we feed other cats at night. We have no idea how many, but we put a bowl out for them as well. A number of our cats are indoor cats, so cat litter is required. And not just any cat litter, it has to be crystals, as the crystal litter absorbs the smell the best. The cost of eight cats can be impacting, and the price rises have been significant with cat food and litter. So walking into the supermarket and seeing 15 litre bags of cat litter 
at $7 off per bag was a huge score. So picture this. I chose a small trolley, not a large one, as I was not getting very much food from the grocery store. So six bags was the first purchase. Yep, through the checkout, load the car and back into the store again for another six bags. There were only 12 on the shelf. And while I was loading up the second lot of cat litter, I saw a mother and son who were watching me rather oddly. So I said to them, do you want a bag or two? Because I was conscious and respectful. You know, there still are other people who may want this and it's important. But if no one else was taking it at that time, then it was meant for me. And they actually said no. So I'm not sure what they were watching me for. Maybe they'd been watching me earlier. Who knows? I actually did in that moment, though, have a bit of guilt. Yes, my over-responsibility kicking in again, that someone might miss out. And as I mentioned, I reminded myself that there were 12 bags here at the price they were because I was meant to have them. Otherwise, it would have been different. So I let the guilt go. Changing those patterns consciously, constantly. Well, you would have laughed. The back seat was filled with cat litter bags. Love a deal, and it seems every time I go to the city, deals are now just unfolding for me, especially since I've finished putting together my I Deserve mini course that I created. And if you're interested, I'll leave the link for the I Deserve mini course below. When I got in the car, I rang mum, as I knew she'd be finished and waiting for me, and I said to her, I scored! And her immediate response to me was, so have I! She didn't ask me what I'd scored about, but oh my gosh, I never hear my mum talk that way. So wahoo, something's gone right. When I picked her up, she was glowing. The physio was a 30-something young man who does martial arts and was very spiritual. He really connected with mum and he worked magic with mum's elbow. He even said to mum that there was so much more he could do to help her. Oh my gosh, my mum. To see the light of hope and possibility back in her eyes and her voice when she'd given up on anything being able to be done with her elbow and arm, was not only beautiful, I felt the warmth of appreciation and joy fill every part of me. I had let go of responsibility and nagging her, because yes, that's essentially what I've been doing, and she had picked up the responsibility around her body and her elbow and was caring about her. And look what happened. She raved about him on the way home. There were many more moments and conversations that were special that day and that have continued each day since. There is greater ease, fluidity and openness between me and my mum and we even have lots of little laughs now and not even little laughs, just laughs and the reactions, the distance and the defensiveness has dissolved. It does crop up on the odd occasion but where we've come to is so much further from where we were. I reflected on the day and just loved that such subtle shifts and releasing over responsibility and old patterns of conversations, responses, reactions and behaviours could bring about such beautiful magical moments. Ones I treasured, ones I shared with my mum and ones that were happy experiences. And what an abundance of everything that we received that day. And that's because we were open to it. I had a happy day with my mum, not just a shared experience. And every day can be like this for all of us if we consciously open up to them and embrace the opportunity for shifts, differences and new experiences. And if you're interested, 
I will put below the link for the free workbook that you can download where you can explore your over-responsibility and take steps to shift and change it, as well as the link to my Deserve and the I Deserve mini course that you may be interested in. Be open to things being different. Be open to new experiences. Be open to accepting a process that unfolds, being aware of the reason for it and embracing the opportunities that come along. Take the steps to unravel those conditioned ways of doing things so that you can have new experiences.